0: you see in TV.
1: is michael heath i'm co-host with rob for wisconsin christian news live stream welcome and studio audience members do we want to say anything spencer about the studio audience do you want to you want to are we going to have anybody come in what do you think Okay, so you can go to wcntv.net, wcntv.net, and you can become part of our live studio audience for today's one-hour Wisconsin Christian News television live stream. And again, my name is Mike Heath. Rob Pugh wishes he could be here, but he's been uh, indisposed by family issues, and uh, we need to keep Rob and his family in our prayers. There was a death in the family toward the end of the uh, year of 2020, and oh my goodness! After this, uh, the year that uh, we've all been through, we we know that uh, Rob needs. We need to keep him in our thoughts and prayers because boy, it's been it's been tough. And to have to deal with the the death of a loved one after a prolonged illness, um, that's hard. So keep Rob in your prayers. Um, believe that he was not able to get his newspaper out in January, and uh, so looking forward to have, to seeing his monthly newspaper, the Wisconsin Christian Newspaper, come out again in February. So uh, Spencer, show up, throw up that website. Uh, Rob has done what many are now doing. He started earlier than the folks who thought that uh, GooTube, as someone called it the other day, would keep them up. Rob started a while ago to put his content online and so all of his uh, newspapers going back I think 20 years are archived at his website wisconsinchristiannews.com and he started this uh, video channel wcntv.net and there's a number of shows there I think going back a year an archive. this show will be archived there and uh, check that out because there's all kinds of great uh, inspirational and educational information there from a Christian uh, perspective so I am so thrilled to have as my guest for today's program Matt Truella from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm from Maine. Okay, I'm up in Maine, so I, I hesitate because I, I don't. I think I went through Wisconsin once. Matt, did I get that right? Uh, Milwaukee. That's where you are, right? It's correct. Yeah, and nobody okay. comes through Wisconsin, you have to want to come here. <laughs> <laughs> because of I, a- I, I think I've been through there twice I, uh, on my way to Seattle. I was going to Seattle and from Seattle, but uh, that was it. And I, and I don't think I stopped except for maybe, maybe for gas. So Matt, you are uh, a hero going back decades. You uh, have written extensively on, written and spoken extensively, but what, I'm most impressed with in your uh, ministry is that you don't just talk and pray about confronting evil in your city where you pastor a church. You don't just uh, stay in your prayer closet and help your people feel comfortable with praying about the evil in their community. You lead your people to the streets, uh, specifically on abortion. But you mentioned to me in the pre-show that You've also been involved with going to the streets to support Kyle Rittenhouse. Matt Truello, why why should Christians do that? Why should they why shouldn't they why shouldn't we just just uh, be comfortable in our churches? Why not? Well,
2: we have to go out and engage men in the culture. We are Christ's ambassadors. We're to make known to men his law, word and gospel. Um, we need to make that known to Men and we need to make it known to the government's men. So when we see his law being so openly impugned where they slaughter the innocent pre-born, that should bother us. And we should wanna take action on behalf of our little neighbor who's being oppressed and bloodied. We should also wanna take action because we see the law of God being impugned and we see God himself being dishonored by our nation. So as churchmen, as Christians, we should want to speak out and make clear to people exactly what God has to say about a matter. You know, it's important.
1: All right. I want to welcome our first member of the studio audience for today, Harry Wilkinson. Wilkinson sorry to make it so hard for the studio audience, but again, you can go to... Um, with WCNTV.net and the, and you can click there and come right in. Harry, welcome. We're talking with Matt Truella. He's our special guest this week. Um so we're so I'm so glad that you took time to join us again. And we'll we'll pause uh here in 10, 15 minutes and let you ask a question or make a comment. Um so just feel free, Harry, to just jump right in and interrupt me if I forget because I've been up since uh since uh, 1.30 this morning driving um, into, wow. in, into Maine. So I'm, a little, I'm getting a little, <laughs> my, my mind is. So Matt, you specifically lead Christians to abortion to places in Milwaukee where uh, people kill babies. And why don't more Christians care enough to join you in those, in those actions? Why? I mean, we are talking That's... murder. We are talking murder, here. murder of innocence here.
2: Right. That is a question that I've asked myself so many times. And everyone who's involved in the efforts on behalf of the preborn have asked themselves um, if we knew the answer, we would <laughs> we would apply what needs to be applied. I, I have no idea. I do know this much. Part of the problem is the form of Christianity that we have in America. It's what's known as Pietism, and Pietism wants nothing to do with quote unquote quote or civil government matters. And they pride themselves in civil government matters, and that's that's a bad form of Christianity um, that has huge consequences in the, including the consequences to be seen in that when Chris abandoned the civil government realm, wicked men fill the void. And they make their worldview um, law, power, court opinion. And as you can see, it's a terrible mess. at this. So the churchmen tell other people, you know, if they wanna get involved in civil government matters, like helping the preborn, um, defending marriage, helping a good person get elected, whatever, um, they immediately say this slogan. They say, we should just preach the gospel. And I respond to that by saying, well, nobody just preaches the gospel. Um, Do you ever take your wife for a walk, ever play with your kids, ever use the restroom? So it's a red herring. We should just preach the gospel. Nobody on the planet just preaches the gospel. And secondly, do you notice when they say we should just preach the gospel? Like when the next church potluck is announced, you never hear someone say, oh, wait a minute. We should just preach the gospel. Or when the church softball team's being organized, no one says, hey, we should just wait, we should just preach the gospel. It's only when you bring up involvement in quote unquote political or civil government matters that suddenly we should just preach the gospel. It's meant to be used by the churchmen as a wet blanket to put over the top of Christians so that um, they'll feel unspiritual about being involved in that realm. And so they have all kinds of slogans. I just expect sinners to act like sinners. God's in control. And on down the line, they have all these slogans which are meant to neutralize Christians from involvement in matters like defending the preborn. I know that's a huge part of why so few people are involved on behalf of the preborn.
1: Matt, your signal is going in and out. We lost your face, and your audio was breaking up there a little bit. But I think we got most of the point that you made about pietism. I want to thank you for the work you've done in uh, exposing this idea of pietism, the way that you've just explained it. Um, I – sorry about that. My phone just went off. I uh, showed a video, a one-hour – well, no, I think it was more like 20 minutes or so – teaching by you on the subject of Pietism in a main church a few years ago, and it really affected a lot of people. It's it's uh, it, it's an important point that you make, and I'm and I, of course I've run into it my whole career, thirty some years of more than three decades of uh, working from a Christian perspective in politics with public policy, and I you know oh we we can't mix church and state you know politics that's dirty and
0: all I don't know that what to do. Stuff. So pie, give, set
1: it off. Fill out a little bit more what pietism is and where it comes from.
2: Sure. Well, there's always been this retreatism within Christianity since the earliest days. You may recall like monasticism. There's always been these Christians who have wanted to retreat from the culture, live in their little ivory tower of spirituality, quote unquote. But it wasn't until pietism came around in the late 17th century um, by churchmen. They viewed Christianity as being prominent within the public realm, but very little evidence of it within the private realm. And they wanted to move things from one extreme to the other, where it no longer had much influence within the public realm, but it would be mostly emphasized within the private realm. And so that's the type of Christianity we've been under for 300 years Each generation retreats further from the culture and from political matters, civil government matters, each succeeding generation of Christians. And so we ended up at this point now where we see utter lawlessness. The law of God is no longer the objective standard whereby we judge, um, whereby all men and all governments of men are accountable to God. Um, There is no objective standard. So the state has become the standard. And so they make good evil. They make evil good. And it's had a huge negative impact upon our nation to the point now where we have little children in our government schools being taught that two women and two men can marry. And you, little child, are messed up in the head if you think that's weird. That's how depraved we become because Christian men have
1: left the realm of civil government. Now, today, Matt, The United States of America has inaugurated Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to the most uh, prominent and powerful positions in the American government president and vice president. Donald Trump made a gracious exit to Florida this morning and offered some uh, parting comments last night. And the first lady did so I think earlier in the day yesterday. What do you make? What do you make of all this? Christians uh, since the election have been more—I uh, don't know if "panicked" is the right word. Certainly, energized politically uh, than I've ever seen them, and there was, there was a lot of speculation that the. Donald Trump was going to use the military. There were going to be arrests, all, all sorts of stuff. It appears that none of it, or almost none of it, was true. What do you make of all that?
2: You know, I've been telling people for years and years now, the emphasis and our focus needs to not be on D.C. and the federal government. Our focus needs to be on state, county, and local politics, um, that we need to instruct our magistrates at the state, county, and local level regarding their office, its role, its function, its limits. They need to hear from Christian people and be instructed from the word of God regarding their office. D.C. is the problem. They are the fomenters, the um, distributors of immorality, of injustice, of evil in this nation. It's been the federal government, federal judiciary. They've been doing this for decades now. And everybody wants to win D.C. And the emphasis needs to move at this point and should have moved to this point long ago, actually, to the state, county and local level, because you're not going to reform that beast. Um, Donald Trump said he was wanting to drain the swamp. As you can see, the swamp is still plenty full. And that's because of the nature of that federal beast. It cannot be remedied by itself. It cannot reform itself. The money that goes in there, the types of people who are involved in it, they are evil, and it cannot be reformed. We must focus on the lesser governments to interpose, and that's where the doctrine of the lesser magistrate come in, which, of course, we teach. And it's the duty of the lesser magistrates to stand in interposition and defiance of the superior authority in order to rein in their evil, to blunt the evil that they want to do in the land. And it's extremely important that we teach the state, county and local officials this doctrine so that they understand what their duty is in the face of great tyranny. Because I can assure you the re- the uh, Democrats are about to unleash
1: hell on this nation. So Matt, in 2020, we witnessed a, 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 a political move at a level above the federal government when, the uh, UN and the World Health Organization launched this political campaign called COVID-19 in the guise of science against not just the United States of America, but against all the citizens of the world. So it seems like it's even worse than what you say. You, you point out how toxic our national government is, our federal government is, but what we saw what we saw in 2020 is that there's a layer of government in the world now which 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 can force us as individuals to put diapers on our face for a year and adopt practices toward everyone around us that in that forbid hugs that forbid you can't see a smile on anyone's face anymore because they've they're wearing that face covering, um, we're sort of voluntarily locking down even though there aren't, even though the legislatures don't debate it and there aren't laws passed, it's just uh, governors issuing edicts and we don't refer to the Constitution, we don't stand on our constitutional rights, we don't, it's, it seems like we don't have any even, any conception of sovereignty anymore. What, so, I think a lot of pe- a lot of Christians, a lot of people are feeling hopeless, Matt. What yeah. what can what can you say to those folks? I mean, I've never seen anything like this in my life. I'm 59 years old and I've been, like I said, politics for almost four decades. The 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 amount of power that's being pressed down upon us all the way down. We f- we all feel it at the individual level now. It's like there's nothing between us as the individual and Bill Gates and the W.H.O. No, you just summed it up fine.
2: (laughs) That's exactly what people feel like all the way down to the individual. And that is where it does start with the individual. Like I've I've refused to wear a mask through this entire thing. I go everywhere without a mask. Um, I confront people who want to try to force me to wear a mask. Um, I'm not going to walk around like Jojo the circus monkey with a little mask on, stand six feet apart that is where it starts individuals themselves like there's so many things i want to change in this world but i really don't have the influence or the ability or power to change them but what goes that that i can have control of and so that's where it begins and you need to um just refuse just refuse to comply with their evil at that level, it needs to be done. I preached a sermon about this and it's got like tens of thousands of views on YouTube and other um, audio only media simply because it has so many views because so many churchmen are teaching their people to act like Jojo the Circus Monkey, wear the mask even at their church, twisting scripture to teach them
1: that it's love. Um, to So wear Matt, their- so Matt you, let me ask you, what has been your experience? So you go in to buy a gallon of milk, what happens to you? Um, Also, your church, when you have a, does your church meet or are you doing the Zoom virtual thing? And if you're meeting, does, does everybody not wear a mask? Does everybody not social distance? And if so, how many have died from COVID?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, First off, everywhere I go without
1: a mask, ninety nine
2: point nine percent of the time, no one says anything to me. You're not an employee, not
1: a customer. You but Matt, don't... everywhere I but Matt every, everywhere I go, I'm the only one. I'm like you. I never, I refuse to. Everywhere I go, though, everybody's wearing a mask. Yeah, so usually,
2: usually I'm the only one without a mask. Usually, not always, but usually. And, and um. And you haven't had man.
1: one. You haven't had one really serious confrontation.
2: I haven't had one serious confrontation. The closest I came to coming to blows was with four men, you know, at a, at a restaurant, and um, but they thought better of it. I think they saw the fire in my eyes or something. But anyway, um, yeah. it's just like, uh, yeah. But other than that, you know, I I really haven't. Our church meets. Um, we meet together. We have about two hundred people in the congregation. Nobody wears a mask, nobody social distances. We have people who come and visit us from other states even because they can't even find a church to go to. And I'm not kidding you, with tears in their eyes, I've had this Sunday after Sunday when people come and visit. They're like, it just feels so good to be in a room full of people not wearing the masks, all not going along with this fiction. And that's how big of a deal it is to people. That so Matt, they have so their Matt, eyes talking so, about
1: this. So so Matt, you you, I'm sure you've been busy since February of last year, uh, doing funerals.
2: Yes, no, yeah, we haven't had anyone die of COVID. Oh my right? goodness! <laughs> God, and and then you know you have to wonder, even if someone did die and they said it was COVID, whether it's true or not, because there's so much lying going on about how the deaths themselves are being recorded. And of course, Google and all those guys have removed, like early on, I preached my first sermon against all this nonsense 11 days after Trump declared the national emergency. And um, early on the first few months, there were tons of professionals, epidemiologists, doctors, whatnot, totally debunking the narrative. Good luck finding those people now when you Google. They have been um, removed, censored from the debate. Many of them have been fired. Um, others have been chastised so that they don't talk publicly anymore. They only want the narrative to be known by people and to remove all information that shows that the
1: narrative is a bunch of baloney. You know, that is, that's one of the reasons, Matt, from the beginning, I I felt at the beginning, just as it was starting, that there was almost no science to this. It just, it, it, it all felt very politicized and political to me, so... I never uh, took any of it seriously myself. I mean, I guess there's a virus, but there's there's even questions about that. I've I've read that they haven't even isolated COVID nineteen in 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 the laboratory. Yeah, (sighs) yeah. At the
2: beginning, I spent so much time. I never cared to study epidemiology. (laughs) You know, right. You know, like I put in. When you're a pastor, you have. You know, I could set aside everything and put massive amounts of time into study. And that's exactly what I did. And I began to pound from the pulpit where I pastor against this because the whole thing is evil. And if people want to see those sermons, um, they are live streamed at YouTube. You can go to our our YouTube channel, Matt Chuella. We also have another YouTube channel called Defy Tyrants. Uh, My sermons are mostly archived at sermonaudio.com. And sermonaudio.com is a um, audio only um, platform, but it's, you can listen to the sermons because I put time into doing tons of study in order to bring those forward to give people truth because the churchmen are telling people to wear the mask and go along with this because that's showing love. That's not showing love. Christians don't spread lies. And this is a lie. And when you put the mask on, you're affirming the lie to other people. I refuse to wear it on on that basis. The whole thing of not being able to work and the government giving you free money, that's a bunch of garbage. God made us to work. It's part of his created order. When the government says you can't work, they are going against the very created order of God. They should be defied and stood down, not complied with. A lot of people have been bought off by the government purse, however, including the churchmen. The churchmen have not only acted like traitors closing down their churches, they've also played the whore because when they closed churches, they could then apply for the PPP money, which is proffered as a loan, but it is really free money. And the Christian lawyers show all the churchmen how to get the free money. And over $10 billion have gone to the Christian churches and organizations in this country um, since this whole thing began just had to close your church down and then comply with all the dopey stuff afterwards in order to get the money. And that's evil and that's wrong. And so it it's a sickness, it's sickening to watch how people have gone along with this, including the churchmen. When you think of the churchmen of old, they would actually block the doors of the church from from the state entering the church so that they would establish clearly church government and preserve righteousness. And there's so many examples from history. Ambrose blocking Emperor Theodosius, um, John Chrysostom hiding um, uh, Eutropius inside his church. Here in America now, we have the exact opposite. Now the state bars entrance to the church and the churchmen obey and didn't go into their churches. Some of them still aren't meeting. and the ones that are meeting, almost all of them are wearing the mask, social distancing, whatever name whatever letter your last name begins with that's the sunday you get to come to church out of the four sunday it's just ridiculous we should be faithful and true to christ the role of christianity and the church down through the ages is to confront tyrants to confront them and we act as a benefit to the rest of society because of our interposition against their evil like the, the businessmen they're under so much law, so much regulation, so much licensure, the government can jerk their chain a hundred ways. We as churchmen and churches, we have nothing to lose. And we can benefit the businessmen, we can benefit by, by exposing this lie for what it is, but unfortunately we see the form of Christianity we have in America, it's a whore. And it has instead aided and abetted the tyrants in their evil designs.
1: So we're uh, approaching the bottom of the hour. We're going to take a break here for a minute. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Pastor Matt Truella, the author of the uh, I believe it's a book, isn't it, Matt? Uh, The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates. And uh, yeah, yeah. And we're going to we're going to do a deep dive into what is the doctrine of the lesser magistrates. And you should be able to derive hope from Matt's uh, ideas when we come back from the break, because Matt's going to help you understand what you can do to help save America from this evil. And it really is down to us. And And you really do have the power. You really do have the opportunity, because you're a Christian, to do something to help save your neighborhood, your community, your state and your nation. It's really—it's—it's it's up to us as Christians because uh, obviously as you look around, people are weaker than they've ever been. And in order f- for this to go in a more positive direction, you as a Christian are going to have to stand up like you never did before. But you know what's going to happen if you do that? God's going to meet you no matter what And we'll talk. Matt will give us some specific uh, examples of what it's like to meet God when you're being persecuted by law enforcement or by the uh, the abortion doctor or or whoever it is. Those are times that when when I've done it, when I've felt like I've been closest to God. So when we come back, Matt's going to talk to us more about that. And also, if you're in the studio audience. We'll, we'll open up after the break with a, we'll pause and give you a chance to ask a question or make a comment. So during the two minute break, just uh, scribble a note if you uh, have a comment or you wanna ask Matt Trewella a question. So when we come back, Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates, don't go away.
3: Have you been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company? We have a solution for you.
1: At the McClario Firm, it all starts with family. We're here to serve you and your family, online or in person. Call today for a free consultation. The McClario Firm, your law firm for life. Pornography is a destructive force. It destroys individuals, families, and fuels the out-of-control demand for sex trafficking. Forty-five percent of Christian families say porn is a problem in their home, but why aren't churches and public schools talking about this? Fear. People who view porn think they're the only one. It's a lie. Statistically, more people view porn than who do not and struggle in silence.
3: www.lynfrederick.com You can find the book I wrote about my own battle with porn and the presentations that I do for churches and public schools. All right.
1: this is wcntv.net wcntv.net it's online all the time and zuckerberg can't do nothing about it neither can mr apple homosexual or mr google partners there whatever their names are they can't touch wcntv.net it's going to be there forever as long as uh rob hugh wants it to be there and this show this interview with matt truella is archived there so you can share it with your friends on uh, the internet and encourage them to become part of the solution. So I'm going to pause here. We got some studio audience folks in here and you can join our studio, our live studio audience by going to wcntv.net and clicking on the link and come on in and uh, can ask your question or make your comment. So anybody have a comment or question for Matt, pastor Matt Truella defytyrants.com, doctrine of the lesser magistrates.
0: I got a comment and a question, Mike. All right, Harry, go. Just wanted to say, my wife and I, neither one, wear a mask. We've we've only had one person in all of the, in this past year that even began to say anything to us, and they just walked on by. Uh, we only go places where we where we're not going to have problems. You know, there's there's places that don't mind at all, but. The 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 question to you, Matt, you know, you, you made the comment that we need to focus on state and local government, uh, which is fine. You know, you're absolutely right, except when the churches, too many churches, I'm not going to say all of them, but too many churches that affect who knows how many people either don't believe in the Bible completely or we have homosexual pastors in the pulpit you know by bible teaching these people are not going to stand up uh, and and teach what needs to be taught you know okay we need to to affect state and local government but when they're not taught what or how to affect it or what to even look at to call right or wrong how do we affect state and local government
2: yeah that's a that's the problem is the churches it's the pulpits it's the churchmen and even when i meet so many magistrates you know whether at the county or state level they claim christ they claim christianity but they have no understanding regarding their office from a christian point of view it's just from the average status quo of how politics works in america period point of view so i it's a difficult situation. I think it's important for churches to get involved in the political realm, to meet with the magistrates, to instruct them. It's also important for the churches, the pulpits, to instruct their people in civil government matters. God's word does speak to all matters of life, including civil government matters. And so those matters should be addressed from the pulpit. also, sadly, they're not. Um, I'll tell you one thing our church does is we have a huge sign and we go out into busy intersections and the sign simply says, have you been tyrannized by health county or city officials and call our church. And we've had numerous calls um, from people who needed help because they've been tyrannized through this whole COVID-19 thing by health county or city officials. And uh, so it's been a great blessing that way to be able to be a blessing to people in need in that regard. And also to see them um, either be pointed to Christ or one to Christ or deepened in their walk with Christ. So, sorry about that. Had a call. And um, so anyway, yeah, we have to, Go out with people like yourself, Harry, people like myself, others, and go out and talk with the magistrates and talk with people as much as we can, because we don't have the pulpits that are actually going to do that.
1: Matt, I think people uh, who've never done it before, never gone to the streets, never gone to a city council meeting, never, um, I think there's a lot of uh, fear there. Uh, Talk a little bit about what, what it was like for you when you first did it and how it has uh, felt to you when you've gotten into the conf- the inevitable confrontations that go along with doing this kind of work.
2: Yeah, well, like going to public meetings um, and speaking at them. Yeah, you're a little unnerved the first time you do it, but my experience immediately was this is massively important to do. This influence is important. And as a pastor and a churchman, I've um, – Made relationship with numerous magistrates down through the years, you know, where we text each other back and forth and that type of thing. Um, so you get strengthened. It's like anything. You, the more you do it, the better you get at it, type of a thing. But one of the things it does is it makes you see how utterly dependent upon you are for Christ because <laughs> He is the vine. We are the branches. You can't do anything without Him. And so you see the need to pray more. You see the need to be dependent on Him more because of our nation is decimation at this point. We're on the verge of a civil war, either that or 80 years of Soviet style slavery. It's gonna be one or the other. We're deserving of it as a nation, I get all that. And that judgment part is in God's hands. We know from scripture and history, he's good at that. Um, But our duty in the midst of it all is to speak out against the evil that's being done. We understand it's God's righteous judgment things that are happening that we're deserving of it but that doesn't negate our duty to speak out against the evil that's being done by government itself and I think it's important that we um, maintain that in how we govern our lives and how we speak how we think
1: um, so so Matt how, how did it all begin for you it this... was
2: the, it was the matter of the preborn um, God you know uh, convicted my heart of my indifference towards their slaughter. And this was way back in nineteen eighty eight, and I had been a Christian at that point for ten years, and never really did anything for the preborn, said I was against abortion, and that was about it. And God convicted my heart of my inaction. Uh, there were people who began to interpose at the doors of the abortion clinics, and that made sense to me. So they would interpose between the abortionist and the little preborn child, and that was how I first got involved. In "quote-unquote" political or civil government matters at
1: that time. So, tell us what happens when uh, have you have you been jailed?
2: Yeah, I've done about sixteen months in jail. I did about sixteen months in jail over a four-year period um, because of my actions for the pre-born and also a little bit for um, just open-air preaching. Um, and Matt, so, that that,
1: that, that when, when did that happen? I mean, you've You don't have just one kid i mean you've you've got a large family right
2: yeah we have 11 children we have 23 grandchildren now six of our 11 children are married we have four children still living at the house and um god's really blessed us greatly
1: were you you paying this uh this price with uh, law enforcement while you were raising the children correct yeah
2: yeah my wife would be alone i'd be gone sometimes for months in jail. And um, yep, she would raise the children while I was gone. And really what I did, we've raised our kids to be out in the streets, out in the marketplace, at the universities, busy intersections, ministering for Christ, go to the legislative halls, go to the judicial halls, on down the line. And what it's created in my children, they all follow Christ. Every one of them's a Christian. And they all understand their duty in the sight of God regarding these areas of life. And I don't have to tell them, go do this or go do that or anything. The adult ones all go do their own thing. They have their own initiative in order to stand against tyranny, stand against evil, um,
1: confront the idols of our day. So, Matt, you've written a book entitled The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates. Um, and I'm I'm guessing, you know, I'm guessing that the the Lord revealed this the book to you over time through these experiences, going to jail, taking your stand. Tell us about that. Tell us about the uh, development of the book and the ideas in the book. I'm, I'm guessing it probably took, it's kind of a, the work of a lifetime. When was it that you published the, the book? I published it in
2: 2013 and it really didn't get any kind of sales going until 2015. And it's sold over 40,000 copies now. Um, and what inspired me to write the book is I saw our nation continuing its descent down and was crying out to God, getting together as a congregation once every two weeks, once a month, didn't have any plans, just crying out to God, what can we do? And from one of those prayer meetings, um, I sat down with the people after we're done praying that were there that night. And I said, here's something we must do. Um, I need to write a book on the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. We need to establish a website and begin to teach the magistrates and the people of America this doctrine because it's important for them to understand they don't have to wait every four years for a new president, for the new Supreme Court justice appointments before they can do anything. They can do something right now. Evil can be stopped now and it must be stopped. It must not be allowed to get down in the fabric of society then it's so much harder to uproot. And um, so that's how we came up with the idea. I published a work called the Magdeburg Confession Confession, which was written in 1550. We published that in 2012. It's the first English translation of that confession. Um, That's a remarkable work in itself. Uh, So we published that and then we published my work subsequent to that. And we do have our website, it's defytirants.com. We just Broadcast or published, I should say, our new seven minute animated video addressing Romans 13. Because Romans 13 is something that the pietist churchmen of our day use in order to throw that wet blanket over people also and convince them that they should always obey the civil authorities. And that is absolutely not false. That is absolutely not true. It is false. The scriptures are clear we do not always obey the civil authorities.
1: So, do you, what do you, do you, do you, are we going to win this thing or, or is it over? I mean, it, um, there's I, a sense. I
2: think more and more people are realizing, yeah, more and more people are realizing you have to work within the local area. I mean, what are you going to do with federal government right now? The Babylonians are there and they have the power levers. More than ever, it's important for the state, county and local officials to stand in interposition against their evil and their tyranny and protect the people under their jurisdictions. And that is their God-given duty. Right now here in Wisconsin, where I'm at, uh, the Republicans, rather than gathering together to protect us against the evil of the COVID vaccine, are actually throwing us all under the bus. More and more people are realizing that um, most of the Republicans are traitors themselves they're socialists themselves, they like big government themselves, and they certainly don't like doing their duty in the sight of Christ themselves. So people are going are realizing they no longer have the convenience of being indifferent towards the evil and unjust actions of their government. They must get engaged. And as you mentioned earlier, that's been my experience also. I have never seen people so involved even though they're still way in the minority, I've never seen so many people involved in civil government matters as as right now over the last couple of months.
1: And they mad. are mad. Yeah can you can you give like one or two or three examples of people who've bought your book or who have watched uh, YouTube's sure. or whatever and and have, d- have done something locally? Can off topic? Oh, top absolutely. Of that, yeah.
2: I'll give you a. Example from Illinois. Um, you know, J.B. Pritzker, the governor of Illinois, had been a tyrant through this whole COVID thing, and he made his um, state emergency declaration, and he kept adding to new decrees to it. And in May, last May, he added a decree that said that any businessman who opens their business before I say you can open your business will now be charged with them, arrested and charged with the
1: misdemeanor.
2: Well. Everybody went along with that except one lone county on the shores of the Mississippi River there in Illinois called Madison County. A week after Pritzker made his little declaration, they gathered together as a county board and they issued a resolution declaring to their businessmen that they could reopen, that they would use all their authority and power to protect them from the state, and from the governor. And they also cautioned the governor and the state of taking action against their businessmen. The man who heads up that county board and others on it had read my book on the doctrine of the lesser magistrate about three years earlier. They understood this duty in the sight of Christ. They understood the matter to protect the people under their jurisdiction from the tyrant, to exercise the authority, the lawful authority they possess, not to aid and abet evil, but to stop the evil. Well, one week after the county issued their resolution against the governor, and the governor responded by saying, I'll cut off all your federal money. (laughs) You know, ooh, you know? And, but one week after that, um, the Illinois State Police put out a press release stating that they would not arrest any businessman anywhere in the state based on the governor's um, little evil edict. And one day after that, the very next day, Governor Pritzker rescinded his order. That is the doctrine of the lesser magistrate in action. The higher superior authority does evil. The lesser authorities refuse obedience, they interpose. It's called interposition, standing in the gap between the oppressor and his intended victims. You know, that's Matt. What they did, and it stopped the evil. Prince
1: Cure's Evil had stopped it. You know, Matt, what I love about that story is the deliberative nature of the, resp- first of all, I love the fact that, you know, ideas really do matter. Your book, they exposed themselves to your book and to the ideas in your book. And then they allowed those to germinate in their souls and in their minds. And then, of course, it came out in their actions. And their actions were not like the actions that we're seeing on the left, uh, that, that that we've been seeing for the past year on the left, which are highly emotional, very uh, propagandistic, um, extremely violent and vile and evil. What you just described is uh, civilization, right? You, You described a deliberate process where, you know, we're taught that these people, these these county people, they're powerless, right? But they're not, we're not powerless. Even us as individuals, we're not powerless. In fact, We have enormous, uh, not just power, but responsibility to confront evil and to stand for what's good. And the example you just gave um, is not of a riot or of encouraging violence or acting on emotion or uh, living in fear. It's it's exposing yourself to ideas, uh, coming to conclusions about those ideas that are true. And then acting on those ideas in a deliberative fashion within the context of of law and order and and you you described uh the wonderful sort of cascading effect with the state police coming out and saying well we're not going to enforce that and then the governor being forced to, to back down i i think that can happen all over the world don't
2: you i do in fact we have scores of examples of county officials defying governors interposing against the evil of these governors, but have one state legislature in all of America, not one, that has stood against a governor. And that's problematic, but that should also teach us how important it is for us to get involved in county government, to get involved at the county level of politics, rally to the magistrates who do right, Um, Those who aren't doing right, to hold their feet to the fire, um, to prod them to do right. It's important. Our role as the people in this process is that we prod the magistrates to do their duty and to do right, to stop the evil, not just politicize or regulate the evil, but stop the evil. That's their duty. Um, We must do that. And then we have to assure them, after we prod them to do right, we have to assure them that if they do right. We will stand foursquare square with them, um, with our person, with our um, property, with our prayers, um, both publicly and privately. We will stand four square with them. That's extremely important for the lesser magistrate to know that the people are with them.
1: So we've got uh, about nine minutes left to go. We've got a few folks in the studio audience. Any comments or questions at this point for Pastor Matt Truella from DefyTyrants.com, author of the book, The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates. Anybody have a comment or question? All right, Matt, so um, go a little deeper into explaining what exactly the doctrine of the lesser magistrates is. Absolutely. It's real simple. Um,
2: The doctrine simply is, that when the higher ranking civil authority makes unjust or immoral law, policy, or court opinion, the lower or lesser ranking civil authority has both the God-given right and duty not to obey. And necessary to actively resist. Um, I give a quote from Emperor Trajan as a succinction of the doctrine. He was giving a sword to one of his subordinates once. And he said to the subordinate, use this sword against my enemies if I give righteous commands. But if I give unrighteous commands, use it against me. That is the doctrine. When the superior civil authority acts lawlessly, immorally, unjustly, the lesser authorities aren't supposed to just aid and abet the superior authority by allowing him to get his evil down in the fabric of society, rather their duty is to interpose and stop it. The churchman who wrote the foremost treatise on the doctrine of the lesser magistrate was John Knox in his 1558 um, appellation to the nobles of Scotland. The nobles of Scotland were the lesser magistrates of their day. He cited over 70 passages of scripture to show that this doctrine is sound in the word of God. The doctrine was first established or formalized as a doctrine by Christian churchmen in 1550 in Magdeburg, Germany, and that's known as the Magdeburg Confession. But you see the doctrine being practiced in non-Jewish, non-Christian nations, showing that it's natural to man. Um, Extremely um, important to understand uh, that this doctrine has been employed again and again down through history in order to... Successfully reign in the tyranny of the superior authority and to do so often bloodlessly, although we may be well past that point here in America now. Um, so, anyways, the doctrine is mass- of massive importance because rather than having chaos, like, you know, peasant revolts, if you read history, never go good for the peasants. When you have people who already possess lawful authority, when they want to stand against the evil, the lesser magistrates want to stand against evil, that's when the tyrant's superior authority knows he has a problem on his hands. Then he, has, he is forced to come out of his lair and show his fangs. People can then recognize him for the tyrant he is. If good men don't stand against the evil of the tyrant, the tyrant has the convenience then of moving, in, moving on to the next plank of his tyranny. And unfortunately, that's what's been going on in this country for decades and it's come to the point now where good men are going to have to stand sacrifice and um in order to blunt and stop this evil that is um
1: crushing our land right now matt you seem hopeful um i'm guessing that i mean we just watched donald trump graciously exit and we watched the we watched the power uh ship go move from him to joe biden and um and um Trump still has, I mean, enormous support. He, eighty, what, eighty million people voted for him. Um, do you see, and do you think that there's going to be an outbreak now that he's out of power as president uh, for more of the doctrine of the lesser master, magistrates to kick in? In other words, to put a more, uh, to put a, a better point on my question, do, do you do you think that what just happened today? It's going to result in more or less of the interposition uh, by by lower magistrates against higher magistrates. What what do you think? Or are people going to or are people, good people, people of goodwill going to continue to sort of support Donald Trump and sort of hope that he can come up with a strategy that's going to fix it? What do you think? Sure. Well, I am.
2: I may probably seem hopeful because I'm a Christian. (laughs) I know Christ. And regardless of what's going on, um, as a Christian and as a churchman, I have the duty to continue to declare his law, his word, and his gospel to men. And um, I can do that in any situation. I can do that if I'm a prisoner (laughs) in prison somewhere. I can do that out on the street corner. Um, I can do that at a legislative hall, um, which I plan to do tomorrow. And um, so so I'm hopeful in that regard. When it comes to the Doctrine of Lesser Magistrate, I am greatly concerned because I've spent so much time with the magistrates in states across America. And uh, most are cowards. They're not men of leadership. They're men of convenience. And they um, wanna tell people what they wanna hear rather than what they need to hear. They operate on the basis of consensus. Um, So they go along to get along. So I'm not hopeful about the states interposing against the evil of the federal government, but I hope I'm wrong. (laughs) And that one thing Mm -hmm. we do have going for us is their evil. And as their evil continues to build and grow, and it has been and it will continue, hopefully at some point there will be state legislatures and governors who will say, we're done, and they will interpose. Or they may go to the whole point of secession. Um, those types of things must take place. Otherwise we're going to be sold down the river to, like I said before, 80 years of Soviet style slavery. And when you have 11 children, and 23 grandchildren, that's not something you want, um, because you have a lot invested in this country regarding your progeny. And, uh, so I view it as in God's hands and in the midst of what is going on, we must continue to do right, speak, act. Let the chips fall
1: where they may. We're talking with Pastor Matt Truella, defy tyrants.com, author of the book "The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates." Matt, is, is there other are there other websites or places that you want to mention now that people can go to get more uh, information? One of the things I love about uh, the internet for men like you is it has opened up this uh, opportunity for uh, almost you know free distribution of truth free distribution of ideas and I know you've never been into this you're like me you're not you've never been into it for money or for compensation you you just you, you want to see righteousness get out you want to see uh, people helped and healed and led to Christ and and the internet has come along and it's, you know it, it it makes the distribution almost free and now of course we're running into all this censorship which to me just proves that we're right it just proves that what you're doing is working. It's working. So mention other uh, places folks can go to, to get, uh, to get the great work that you've, you've done. Sure. Again,
2: um, defy tyrants.com, our website, you know, to get the book um, to um, read about the doctrine, other resources. Like I said, we just put up our seven minute video on Romans 13. Please share it everywhere. Um, but we have a Defy Tyrants YouTube channel. You can go there, Defy Tyrants at YouTube. Also, where my sermons are on YouTube is Matt Chuella. Just put in my name, Matt Chuella. That's the channel name. And um, you can go there. Also, many more of my sermons are at sermonaudio.com. Sermonaudio.com. And that's not a video platform, it's an audio only platform. Those are the main places. If you want to check
1: out our church, it's mercyseat.net. Mercyseat.net. We're talking to Pastor Matt Truella. This is WCNTV.net, Wisconsin Christian News. Rob Pugh's going to be back as soon as things turn around for him with his uh, personal uh, issues. And uh, keep him in your prayers, Rob and his family. And Matt, thanks for taking the last hour to talk with us. I'm sure it's going to be a source of inspiration to many. And God bless you and your church and your ministry and your wonderful family. And thanks. Thank to you. All God of bless you. you also. Thank Amen. you. Amen.
3: Have you been looking for a trusted long term?